I focus on the storytelling in movies. And then sometimes I take notes, like, okay, if you move the camera angle like this, and the next shot is this, you get this kind of feel. Welcome to the Pixel Paper Podcast, a series where we get to know the creative processes behind up-and-coming digital artists. My name is Noor, graphic designer and work-in-progress artist, and I'll be your host for this series. In this episode, Tabassum regales us with her charm and stories about how art made its way into her life. She offers suggestions on how we can use movies to better our craft as well as emphasizing on the importance of exercise. We also fangirl over our favorite YouTube yoga instructor. Any guesses? So sit back, get comfy, and enjoy. Hi, Tabasum. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So for the benefit of our audience, can you please introduce yourself? I'm Tabasum. I'm 25 from South India, Kerala. Although I'm currently in Dubai and... Uh, yeah, I love painting digitally and otherwise also, but, you know, mostly I'm concentrating on digital art right now. And I'm also an architect. I mean, I have a fancy degree, but right now I'm not working as one. So the reason I wanted to interview you is because I really like the warmth and the playfulness of your work, especially because uh, both you and I were from a South Indian Muslim background. So can you tell us a bit more about your work? Yeah, it is, um, it's very South Indian and Muslim, you know, that's basically my brand. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I use my background a lot in my art. You know, when people think about India, they mostly think about just the Hindu culture, you know, and very Indian things. And when it comes to South India, it's mostly like Onam, you know, (laughs) Kerala especially. And there's rarely any, I think, very few representations of like the Muslim South Indian life, especially like digital art style. So I wanted to focus on that. I really like the the fact that you mentioned representation. I mean, it's such a trending topic in the last few years, but definitely, I mean, that's something that I think really speaks to me as well, because I definitely feel you on the (laughs) lack of Muslim Malayali representation, especially growing up in the UK. No one knows what Kerala is, first of all. But on top of that, the fact that you can have Muslims in South India is like, such a shocking thing to people. <laughs> I can see that um, scrolling through your Instagram, your art style has really evolved. I mean, you used to use a lot less saturated colors, and now obviously your color game is a lot stronger. And I think you have more confidence in your work. So, can you take us through that art journey? When did it start, and how did you evolve? I was not at all confident before because I always felt like I never got a proper art education. Basically, so like my parents encouraged me to draw when I was young. Uh, they would like sit me down with some, I think, draw along art shows. I don't remember the name, but like my mom would sit with me and like she would make me draw. <laughs> so like basically, we had like this whole gallery at my house, one whole wall with my silly drawings. <laughs> when I was very small, I think before I went to school even. So like that was a good kickstart. You know? That was like cute of my parents to do that. <laughs> but you know, they're still daisy. They don't really <laughs> focus on extracurricular stuff. <laughs> so I never went to any art schools or art classes. So 
I would just, you know, recreate any photographs I saw or like recreate any, any artworks and I would just keep them in a folder. <laughs> but I never like created anything of my own as such. And then I, I was, I think I was known in school also as like the artsy one. But again, but you know, like I was in Saudi and there was not many competitions there so because I didn't go to any art classes. I didn't even know like there were different kinds of paints, like, you know, like acrylic and watercolor. I had like this poster paint box at home and I used to paint all kinds of paintings with that. Even I tried to create that acrylic 3D effect with poster and it was so frustrating because it was not working. And I worked on that for like many weeks and it was not happening. Anyway, that was like my school life. And then I got into architecture college, which was very hectic. And it put a huge burnout. You know, there was a huge burnout. I stopped creating art for like four years after getting into college because all we did was just sketch and make and design, you know, just architecture stuff and we didn't have time. And in fact, this happened to most of my classmates. They all just, just stopped creating art and it was just architecture. And then, yeah, it was also, I think at this time that, uh, you know, I got introduced to the basics of art, like perspective, color theory, because we have to learn that to design. So that's also the basic in art. And that helped me in studying that finally. <laughs> and then we had to like experiment with different mediums. So that helped in knowing about it. One of my classmates had a drawing tablet. So that was the first time that I'm seeing a drawing tablet. I didn't know what it was, like a Wacom tablet. So I started just sketching on that and I loved it, but like I couldn't afford it. So I would just do it with mouse in my computer. And then later I bought one for myself and then, then I started using it. That's when I got into digital art, which was like, I think almost the final year of my college. Till then I would just sketch. Now <laughs> I think I'm just trying to develop my digital art so what um do you use at the moment to make your art right now i use an ipad i have an ipad 6 and uh, i also use the wacom i still have that <laughs> it's very old it's the small intuos one the blue cube one i have that but i don't use it much because it's not handy i like to draw whenever wherever <laughs> like sitting lying down on the sofa what inspires the stories behind your work and how do you let's say, capture the inspiration from the moment it strikes to the drawing? Like when I started with a digital art mostly, like that's when I started creating my own stuff, right? So I would, uh, I would just like, you know, create these kind of like a diary. I would draw these moments in my life, which was, you know, like very special. And I, I wouldn't do anything about it. I would just like keep it for myself. I would just give people you know, random illustrations that I did of them and then give them. That was how I started. But I also add other elements like, you know, like social stuff. I think I started uh, getting very frustrated <laughs> basically with like many cultural stuff, uh, which I didn't notice before, like as, you know, Muslim women in South India, at a certain age, they go through a lot of pressure and then, yeah. It got to me and I would just use that as a platform to like comment on that and make that kind of a commentary stuff. Yeah. 
my inspiration also comes from like other artists. I follow many artists. I think one of my favorite artists is Pascal Campion. I, I love his storytelling style. I try to tell my own kind of story in, in kind of like that way. No, I can see that definitely in your work. Like you have that kind of same blocky style in your work. Yeah, I think so. Initially, it was just line art. I couldn't like figure out how to you know color in the lines. Yeah, then I did that somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Mostly just YouTube. Speaking about the um the Desi aspect, I mean, you mentioned how obviously your parents didn't encourage you growing up after childhood. Do you think that this restriction has hindered you, and also how has it helped you in some ways? I wish I knew more things you know it kind of postponed the whole thing i mean i would have eventually found out things on my own anyway because internet came along and stuff right but like as a 90s kid we were kind of in a non-internet space in the beginning i think it was also fine because we kind of have to understand where our parents come from they come from a place of struggle and they focus more, more on like education which can earn so i wouldn't like blame them it's completely fine. Yeah, Asian household thing. Yeah, it was fine. I still uh, love made art. That's a diplomatic answer, I think. <laughs> yeah, diplomatic. <laughs> I think um, you've touched on this, but how would you say your culture, your specific cultural background influences your art? How do you think it makes your art unique? I did try to draw environments a while back. And my main focus was on this Islamic art. And I, I got into calligraphy a while back. I got into this whole loop of Islamic geometry, all that intricate design. And then I would make art with that. I had this whole plan of doing a series on geometric art. So that's kind of like how it influences me. That's the Muslim version of it. <laughs> the South Indian aspect, I think, mostly focuses on the social issues. Lately, you've been posting artwork about Mars. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Artis had an uh, art competition, and I just entered it because I was doing basically the same kind of art, like things from my background, things from my culture, and it it gets you know repetitive. It gets boring, and I wanted to do something different completely. And then my friend sent me this uh, article, this brochure for this competition. And I thought, okay, I would just do it. Not even for winning, nothing, just to get out of that, you know, repetitive pattern. It was about life of four, teenage, four kids in Mars and how they would go about their lives, how school was, what they would do, there was a, how their lives were like back to the back to square one, you know, like they were like farming, they were just <laughs> going about their day like normal, but in a completely different place. It was very interesting. I, I got to study about Mars. Yeah, I mean, I would love to know how you came up with the concepts, what your research was like. So basically, I thought like what happens when life starts in a new place, you know, when people move from one place to another, what's the basic thing that they need? Of course, first they're going to find shelter, which was already done. What's the next basic thing? And that is food. And for that, we need agriculture. So I thought, anywhere where we shift to, not the first things that the people become are 
you know, farmers. And that's what I based my whole thing on. There was an entire system of like scientists. They were astronauts, obviously. They were people researching Mars, but the main community that nourishes the entire situation would be the farmers. And they had the highest status. Most of the education was based on that, you know, to just sustain life more than just our kind of education. Yeah, that was my basic idea. And it was called, I think, a Martian field trip, just a play of words. Nice, nice. So in terms of visual uh, inspiration, did you look on Pinterest? I mean, where did you get your visual inspiration from? Yeah, of course, I use a, uh, a kind of a vision board. I, okay, I watched the movie Martian. <laughs> that was the first thing that I did. Yeah, I always loved that movie. So it was an excuse to watch it again. <laughs> and yeah, I mostly use Pinterest. Uh, I wanted to know how face cabins look like. I researched on that. I wanted to know how like joints. I think the first panel was a bedroom. Yeah, and I wanted to know how, how they connected the metal and stuff. But I also wanted to make it a bit sci-fi stuffy. I took basically images of face cabins and all that, plus like sci-fi movies, and then I combined. Wow, that's really cool, actually. It was really interesting seeing the journey. Your color game, I think, is really strong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like all of your artwork is very warm. So what determines your color choices? I go for happy stuff because I don't want it to be very sappy, sad, you know. <laughs> so my my natural inclination is towards warm colors. Initially, like I think my colors are very unsaturated, very dull. That's because I never used any reference. I I, I thought using reference was bad. You know, because when I was young, I always copied. So it was like this idea in my head, like I can't do things on my own. So after a while, I just completely ignored references. But that was also not helpful. After a while of that unsaturated color schemes, I got fed up with it. Like I was not getting anywhere. So I started looking up. You can actually go to Pinterest and you can look at these color palettes and you get these beautiful little you know, tiles of colors. And what I would do, I would just draw something and I would select the panels when I was very confused what to use. And then I would apply it and see how it looks. And if it looks okay, I would go for the next one and just try a different thing, you know, and select what works best for me. And eventually that helped me kind of recognize which colors to use, what goes where. So now I can like just take colors and put something together without a reference, but I still have a mood board mostly when I start. And that helps. I would recommend that. Do you start out with the colors in mind or do you just go online and try and search? I start out with an idea, basically. Mm. I, I, I never have a clear idea what to draw. Very few, very few. I, I have a preconceived idea like, this should go here, I should have this feel to it. But like I post my Procreate time lapse videos sometimes and it's very messy. I used to mm. like upload on YouTube before, but it was so confusing that I stopped. Yeah, so it's basically just ideas and then I come up with composition. I come up with a sketch, a random sketch, not very neat, and then I apply colors. And if the colors are okay, I sometimes make the sketch fair. But most of the time, I just go with the pen. One thing I wanted to ask as well is about your compositions. Uh, I think 
some of them are quite cinematic. Like, for example, there's this one with the the grandma uh, and you're walking past her. It's like the pink, the pink uh, flowers and everything. I think that's really nice. So how do you um, come up with your compositions? It was a memory, actually. The house scene was exactly what I saw <laughs> as I walked by the mm-hmm. house. I wanted to, like, obviously, it won't be that pretty in real life, right? It's a memory. So, like, in my head, it was like that. Right? It, was all, it was all very flowery, very pretty. There was this, there was this cute grandmother, and I wanted to her be, her be the, like, center focus. So I surrounded her with all these flowers. And then uh, I made, I think I made the second panel, which was sad, very dark and gloomy, uh, to like set the mood like she is missing. With the composition, I mostly use, I think, the rule of thirds. I, I, I don't get very experimental with composition. I, I, one of my friends recently commented that I should use more camera angles in my sketches. Yeah, and I think that's a very valid criticism. Would you say that for the camera angles, maybe your architectural education would help? No, architecture education, like I said, gave me the basics. Like, it taught me perspective. We had to practice that a lot. We had to learn, like, different isometry. We had to learn, like, front, back, you know, all the elevation stuff. Other than that, we learned, like, all the different kinds of perspective. We had to sketch out that as exercises. And then it also taught like the color theory, values and forms and voids and everything that design has. And that helped a lot. And also I think with architecture that a good thing was the exposure because everyone can draw in architecture. Almost everyone can draw. You see many different styles and that, that definitely helps in you know, getting out of our shed. Also, like architecture is very hectic, so it kind of teaches you this whole lot of patience. You realize you can learn softwares on your own. You realize you can just spend nights working on something and you can finish it. It's just a whole whole learning process. I wouldn't recommend for everyone. <laughs> so hard to survive in it, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned The Martian before, so I'm curious to know if movies have uh, influence in your work. I mostly watch these kind of fantasy movies and like sci-fi movies. So I think mostly like very cinematic stuff that comes out of it. (laughs) Very emotional stuff. Yeah, I sometimes take like direct references from movies. I have this folder with like screenshots from movies. And then I would use Colors, like, I think I used a, a certain frame of Lord of the Rings, and I used that in one of my works. But the colors of it, it was, like, very warm. It was very homey. And, and I focused on the storytelling because I'm very interested in storyboarding. And I, I'm currently working on, like, one of my series that I've, I've had that in my mind for so long, like, uh, a story about uh, an elderly man called Abu and Adam, a little boy. <laughs> I made one sketch and I just fell in love with it and I wanted to elaborate on that. So I, yeah, I focus on the storytelling in movies and then sometimes I take notes like, okay, if you move the camera angle like this and the next shot is this, you get this kind of feel, you know, just to make a panel. That's a, that's a good idea. Like 
taking notes during movies. At least you'll feel a bit productive. <laughs> yeah, productive. <laughs> yeah. I think I you've posted Abu and the little boy, right? Once. Yeah, it was blue and it was very pretty. <laughs> Everyone liked. I took the I think inspiration from a Moroccan city. I I've been like uh, I fell in love with Morocco, <laughs> and I was just googling it, and I saw the city. So I think the Shefshawun or something. So it was so pretty, and I was like, I need to draw this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I hope to see more of these guys because it's quite cool. Do you consider doing animation at all? I was interested. I thought, actually, I thought I was interested, and I, I think I did try to study animation, but I think I'm more interested in storytelling, the the story conceiving part, you know, than the physical animation duty of like making frames. Yeah. So. That's when I realized I don't want to study <laughs> like Adobe Animate. I just want to make stories. Yeah. But even in Procreate, there's an animation feature. Have you used it? Yeah, I I, I did try to make a gif of me drinking a coffee when I had COVID. Oh, the chocolate coffee one. Yeah, chocolate coffee. <laughs> that was from Procreate. Procreate gif animation thing. But I was like, okay, I don't want to do animation after this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very time consuming actually. How do you learn and improve your art? Okay, I hate to say this, but <laughs> practice. But like, I think practice alone won't do because I would just do that. I would just like sit and sketch, you know, without referring anything, without studying on things. And what I did was just increase my like sketching speed. It is good to do that, but it won't like in, uh, improve your overall art. So you have to study other stuff and then notice things around you. And one thing I used to do in college is draw from life. And that helps a lot. You notice things that you wouldn't if you take a photograph. And that was something our professors encouraged a lot. There is a lot of information online. YouTube is completely free. I think there is really no excuse for us to not study anymore. <laughs> so anything that we want to study on we can do it for free so how do you how often do you practice and how do you balance that with creating final illustrations like how would your week look like for example i am i am very bad at that i'm very bad at time management <laughs> I, I wish i was really good but no i have these you know sudden bursts of energy and i will just sit and work all all together and then I will have this Im these immense burnouts and that never take me weeks to recover. <laughs> yeah. So I would not be the person to ask that. But I think we should like uh put them in certain boxes, these tasks. I'm working on it. Eventually I'll get there. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of artists feel the same, like you kind of when you're in that frenzy of artistic inspiration. Yeah. Do you do you have that like the burnout thing? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's why I've started this podcast. You don't have to focus on my art, and I can just learn from other people. <laughs> uh, I wanted to know what your art means to you and how it affects your life. Yeah, initially, I think we all start art as a hobby. We never think you know it could go beyond that. Especially being a Desi, <laughs> nobody tells you you can earn from art. And then I think you know, in college, it was like I I told you I didn't do much, but I would 
I started again because things got hectic and I wanted an escape from that, just drawing architecture. But in college, it was just escape from technicality. And then, you know, I got into digital art and then I got really passionate about it because one thing I want, I did not have patience with traditional art because it's, I think it's very, for me, I don't function without control of it. So after that, yeah, I focused a lot on that. And then I, I saw a career prospect in that. Alhamdulillah, I can generate an income from that now. Right now, it's like my my number one thing in life. <laughs> Is art commissions, you mean? Yeah, art commissions. I do children's book illustrations. Oh, wow. It's pretty interesting. I've been doing that for one month now. And it's a, it's a learning curve. Like, I, I realized I didn't know how to draw kids of different ages. <laughs> and, like, we had to draw, like, eight-year-old child. And I would draw a kid and I would send them. And they'd be like, this is not eight-year-old. <laughs> this is five-year-old. And I'd be like, how? What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. Like, something about the proportion is the leg size is the head size. And, like, they would send me, they would send me all these references. So, like... Yeah, I, I can now draw a three-year-old and a 12-year-old. <laughs> That's cool. So how did you uh, go about getting these commissions and these illustrations? They, they contacted me through Instagram. That's a really good platform for artists now. But it's like very hard to get reach. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Instagram needs like a daily upload schedule for, for reach. And that's just not possible for artists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that, like, just the pressure to create every day just to keep up with the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I used to do that. I used to upload, I think, for, like, one or two weeks, and then I was just like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> I noticed you have a website as well on your uh, Instagram bio. Would you say that's helpful for reach? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I basically get inquiries about commissions and then they would ask for a portfolio. And then I always had just Instagram. And that was not very professional because I had a lot of my opinions and my highlights. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it's more just like a place to show your work professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. At least for now. Mm. Right. How has uploading to social media kind of affected the way you view your art and I'm assuming you get more followings from that that is a very heavy topic because on one hand it's actually very good for artists because we get all these exposure that artists never got before because before they needed like a curator museum exhibits and all that now you can just do it on your own but the negatives is like you get used to this cycle of validation that I don't enjoy and you get kind of hooked on it you know and if you don't get these many likes you're like okay did I do something wrong and then you make something great and it doesn't get as much appreciation and you do something stupid and it's like a great thing and you're like okay in terms of confidence I don't think it helps at all it has more negatives than positives but it's something you can't do without I mean there's definitely good and bad sides what do you think what do i think I, I agree with you in the whole cycle of validation thing but at the same time i think in a way it's been good for me because i realize i have this instagram i need to upload so i'll make art because of that so it kind of forces me to make art in a way 
Yeah, that is also true. Because people ask, why are you not a player yeah. anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh no, I have to. So it's, it's good and bad, I think. I'll ask my final question, which I'm asking to all the artists. And that is, remember a time you were stuck in a deep creative rut? How did you break free? Oh, oh, I think that would be my <laughs> college years. But uh, that was solved because I just needed, I just started redoing art. But other than that, normally I get burnouts all the time. And then usually, like sometimes you just can't take a break because you have submissions, you have deadlines. So in that case, I just take a short break, screen break for one or two hours. I'll just do something else. I wouldn't watch a movie. I'll just maybe talk to someone, you know, read something. And just to energize my, or even just pamper myself. I just eat something, eat chocolate. I don't know something <laughs> that just heals my mind and kind of refreshes it, just for a little bit more, so that I can just finish this and give it. And then, in cases that I can take a lot of time off, I take lots of time off. Like my friends are used to me disappearing off social media for one month. <laughs> Because I'm like, okay, I'm done. I need a break. But it works for me because, you know, like I said, I have these crazy energy spikes. I do a lot in that time. And that, that has worked for me. But I think we all should manage our work more, like better in terms of like uh, split it, you know, be consistent and like take breaks, especially exercise, you know, because I get these awful back pains. I don't know if you get them. I think most, yeah, creative people get hand pains, wrist pains. Oh my God, wrist pains. And then neck pains. So we should just work out more, take breaks. And yeah, work consistently. What do you do? What do I do? I like how you keep asking me the question. Yeah, because I want to know, you know. What do I do? Um, I don't. <laughs> I just freak out. You don't? <laughs> Seriously? No, um... You know, it's funny when the interviewer gets asked the question, they get flustered. <laughs> yeah. But I would say on the exercise part, I've been doing yoga since January and it's been life-changing. It's really, it's really good. So I would suggest oh, that. me too. Even like 10 minutes of yoga is, is really good. Yoga with Adrienne, she's my favorite. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's like the most famous. Started her 30 days of yoga with Adrienne thing. I think I started this week. Yeah, amazing. It just keeps you on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tabasum. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. I hope this is an episode you enjoyed and you took something from our guest today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Pixel Paper Podcast. <laughs>